Hey guys, if you know which episode we are, which is the writing room, you know that this episode will be loaded with trigger warnings. I'd rather say it up, up front so you know. I'm going to try to put timestamp when you, we talk about it, but honestly, it's going to be through the episode because it's mostly what the episode is about. So if you're um, triggered by one of those topics, don't listen to it. We won't be offended. We understand. So just so you know, we are going to talk about sexual abuse, pedophilia, domestic violence, rape, and torture. Of course, we don't go graphic, but we're going to discuss about it. So yeah, take care of yourself and I hope you still love the show. Bye. And this is Seth. And this is Philorians United. United. Wow, that was United. bad. Did you just sing Feliz Navidad? <laughs> yes. Okay, so this says nothing. Well, technically, this is a memory of mine. Oh. Uh, this is a very important story. Uh, this is not the actual story, but when I was in college, I was babysitting for this kid. He was like nine. And uh, he came in one morning and he was like, Seth. I have this, do you know, do you know Chinese? And I was like, uh, I mean, no, but what, why? Like, what's the question? And he goes, cause I have this button and it says something in Chinese and I want to try and figure out what it says. And I'm like, well, well like bring it to me. I, I don't know. He brings me this button and it said Feliz Navidad. And I'm like, <laughs> why did you think that was Chinese? And he goes, well, it was in English. I mean, it, well, we say like uh, French is like uh, French is like Chinese. Other languages is like Chinese because it's one of their hardest language. So I like his like. But it just like the process. idea that he was like anything that's not English must be Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Anyway, so um, as I just uh, mentioned, our, our theme for this week is memory. And I'm actually, so first I'm going to share a quick tidbit and then I'm going to tell my actual story um, because Kat's making fun of me because I found out this this thing, this fact, and I'm like blown away by it, okay? <laughs> um, I'm trying to decide where I'm going to start with this. You know what? I'm going to I'm gonna start with Columbo because I fucking love Columbo, okay? I like my friend recently got me into it um, and I just watch it. If you want to watch white rich men getting what they deserve, it's excellent and, um, and bad uh, bad camera work yeah cat can't watch it because she has a cinema degree and it's like really bad. oh my god okay but there's one <laughs> i'm going so far off there's there's one episode where like the person was just murdered and they they're like a rich person with a lot of art and it like zooms in on all the faces of the pain <laughs> like they're shocked by the, i don't know it's just so <sighs> Oh, it's so fucking, it's great. But anyway, so there's this episode and, uh, you know, the whole thing was like this woman, you know, her, spoilers, her doctor killed her uh, because he, he was like a psychologist kind of whatever, psychiatrist yeah. type thing. But he was like using hypnosis, like he would drug her, use this drug and then use hypnosis to sort of like, you know work with her um mm -hmm. and he you know eventually sort of like hypnotizes her into killing herself uh because mm -hmm. she thinks that she's jumping into a pool but she's jumping off a balcony right and so uh and so watching this and i mean like it's it's not supposed to be realistic but i'm like well that's a little far-fetched okay then I was listening to I'm shout out to Morbid True Crime podcast because I'm I'm obsessed with them. That's my I like binged 
them in like I don't even know. I feel like I'm up to date and I've been doing this for like a week. It's scary. Um, but I was listening to this podcast and there uh, was a serial killer um, named David Parker Ray, better known as the Toy Box Killer. But he would literally do this. This is like a real thing. He would like do all sorts of fucked up things to his victims. Um, you know, obviously he's a serial killer, so he killed many of them, but some of them, he literally did this, like he would use this drug and, uh, hypnotize them over this, over like two or three days and like change their memories. Uh Like they would leave and have no idea that any of this happened. Like this one woman literally only realized this happened to her because like he would take photographs and a photograph came out and she was like, oh my God, that's me. Like, and even after the fact, I don't think that she remembered. Wow. But she was saying like, she had these nightmares for years and like, didn't know why about like, you know, certain specific, specific things that were things that he had done. And I was just, but like the idea that like memory is so fucking like malleable is just so weird to me. I mean, even like in a more, um, uh tangible like relatable like you know when you're like i know that thing was there or like i know you said that and then like we look at the text and you're like oh okay i guess that's not what happened you know what i mean when you're like but you're like so sure Mm -hmm. that something happened and or like that this was that color or whatever but anyway um so that's my like mini tangent uh and then i wanted to also share a personal story uh so over the summer i was going through some um that's a lie. I'm going to start over. Um, I, uh, so I visited my parents recently and I don't go to them often cause they're in the middle of Texas. And first of all, it's Texas. Uh, and it's just too far away. Um, so I wanted to look through all my childhood photos and, you know, take pictures and whatever of the ones that I liked. So I, I found this one and it was this really sweet picture of me and my dad. My dad passed away um, when I was in high school and uh, he had like a lot of drug and alcohol problems and things like that. And uh, so, you know, I like, I looked at this picture and I was like, Oh, like this is so sweet. It was like me and him at my cousin's birthday party. They had like a puppet show and he was, you know, like behind me with his arm around me and we were watching the puppet show. And I was like, Oh, that's so sweet. Like I remember that day. And like, you know, it was like such a nice day. And my mom sort of made this face and I was like, what? And she was like, well, I don't want to like ruin your memory of that day. I was like, no, no, you can't just say that. Like, now I want to know. And like on the way home, he had been drinking and he hit her (gasps) on the way home. So like to her, when she looked at that picture, she remembered this horrible day. And when I looked at that picture, I remembered this really good day. And I like just, I don't know, something about that is so interesting how like two people can have the same memory and it's like two totally different, Mm -hmm. like, like connotations like reactions but also that then once i knew that that changed my memory of that day right like like once you did it yeah not like necessarily like oh i can't remember because like to be honest i was young i don't really have vivid memories of that day but it's Mm -hmm. like once you know something yeah then you look back at everything and you're like uh like there's another lens that you put on your memory yeah and and you know so obviously i was thinking a lot about that um in this episode when quentin learns about Plover, about Mm -hmm. like, you know, abusing Martin and all of these things and how now he has to look back at literally everything, you know, and everything and just, you know, also like that struggle of, I mean, obviously, usually it's not this bad, but like the problematic fave Mm -hmm. idea of like, oh, can I still like someone's work even if they're a fucking garbage human see that's yeah it's it's funny because it's a problem i've been having um 
with J.K. Rowling. Yeah, she's I know. A, she's, she's a childhood hero. She's why I've been in art. She's why Harry Potter like means the world to me. But she has said some problematic things. Yeah. Because guess what? She's human. And she's going to say things and then retract and then realize what she said was wrong. And sometimes I won't agree with how what she said. But like Twitter enabled me to see that part of her, that like yeah. um, unromanticized part of her. And I'm struggling into can I love Harry Potter and J.K. Rowling despite knowing that part of her. Of, of course, like it's not pedophilia. But yeah, that, no, that, I, that 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 episode will have yeah. some trigger, man. <laughs> yeah, if you have any triggers, just like don't don't listen to that episode. I feel like it's just every oh my god, it's so much. It's I, like I, I, I adore this episode. Murder, but like, uh, murder, abuse, child abuse, pedophilia, uh, poison, domestic violence, domestic violence rape, uh, torture. Technically, it's torturing those children. Um. Yeah. There's just so. I'm sure there's some that I missed. But not, <laughs> yeah. Not great. Not nope. great. Uh, uh, but before we continue to oh, another. Oh, yeah, we got to do our recap. Oh, yes. Whose turn is it to go first? Uh, it is me. Good luck. Oh, uh, I guess I set a timer. I was just like, I'm just sitting sipping my tea, like, good, good luck. <laughs> Ready, set, go. So, Quentin. Penny, Alice, and Elliot go in England to go, uh, go at the Plover House because they think there's a way to go to Fillory hidden in there. And they ended up doing a, going in a time slip where there's children ghosts that are fucking creepy and dead. And they discover that uh, Plover is a pedophile and it traumatized uh, Quentin. And everything's sad and oh my god, the Beast Knight must be Plover. Ah! Yeah, that's okay. about it. Okay. Oh, I forgot Julia. <laughs> You've got two seconds. Do you want me to turn the timer back on? Nah. Julia. Okay. Um, Ready? Yes. Go. Okay, so the gang, oh, they're like Scooby-Doo. They go to Haunted House, uh, you know, because it's Scooby-Doo. Uh, whatever, Plover, they're like, he's a pedophile. That's terrible. Some dead children are there. And they're like, hey, here's a button. We're dead. Uh, Prudence is the worst. Um, yeah. And then... Uh, Quentin's world is upside down. Very sad. Elliot's angry. Julia's going into someone's brain to get some mathy spells. And uh, Richard's there too. Yeah. I think it's the first time we did it well. We, I mean, well is questionable, but we went through Better we than we did the whole before. episode. Yeah, yeah. I just need <laughs> we to weren't like floundering when time was done. <laughs> uh, when, so. we, when we were talking about doing this episode... Uh, you were like, oh, what is this episode? And I was telling you, how is the Plover House one? And your reaction was, oh my god, it's the supernatural one. Yeah. Because it has the same frame of Monster of the Week. Yeah, of like good, like original, like season one supernatural. And I I look on IMDb and it's written by Sarah, who's a former writer on Supernatural. Ah, So, um, look at me. (laughs) But I think like it shows like how she knew well this monster of the week pattern i love that shit i know and uh i don't know i i, I just i just we I, I wanted to acknowledge that sarah we saw you <laughs> i feel like i don't even have a cinema degree Ooh. all right so um well the show start with basically julia insulting quentin <laughs> and but it's also like remembering their friendship 
It's mm. like, hey, I miss the friendship we had before. Mm-hmm. And I think like there's this thing like I I miss the childhood friendship I had. Yeah. Those like hours where I would do nothing and not worry about anything and not have a social anxiety about being out. And I could spend hours and days at my best friend's house, you know, and it will never be like that. But that's like innocence yeah. that I lost because I grew up. I, th- I think. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I just think like that's what Julia is mad at Quentin about is like break bills yeah. rob them of that innocence. And also I felt that I actually wrote something very similar. Um when she is showing later showing Kira like her happiest memory and it's like her under the table with with Quentin right and um looking at the filler map or whatever and I thought about like they're you know they are still at this kind of like in this sort of weird fight standstill thing of their like their friendship isn't really you know whatever they flip-flop all the time yeah but you know they're kind of like um I'm sorry but also I'm not sorry because it's your fault yeah. too you know it's like that backhanded like yeah um but anyway uh, thinking about like how it's sort of like I think it's interesting that that's what Julia thinks of when she ha- is on the spot like think of your happiest memory go because I think it's really hard when you're at odds with someone like when your relationship with a childhood friend is like kind of weird or maybe you're not friends anymore maybe it you know like it ended badly or whatever when you're thinking of a memory about someone who you're like currently having a fight with I think it's yeah. interesting that that's still like her well sort it, of it's the same thing with Quentin uh, like when he the, when he sit down at Plover's desk and he's like oh my god this death saved my life he talks about Julia the first thing he does is talk about how him and Julia used to play Morgan mm. and oh, Jane. Right. So both of them, the first memory, the first thing, like, spark of happiness they have is toward each other, which is, like, that's why we see the deep love. I, I, I think there are some friendship that do that. Like, um, one of my best friends decided to ditch me one day. Basically, we were supposed to live together, and she left and never came back. It took me a lot to forgive her, and like I'm still kind of hurt about it. But then after that, after a while, I realized like I love her more than I am hurt, and mm. I decided to let it go. And I think that's what's gonna happen in the later episode. And we're starting to see them miss each other, yeah. And being like, oh, maybe what we have is more important than this petty feud that we have. Yeah, you know. And. Just sort of going back to even actually before the episode starts in the recap, right? We see um, obviously the the last. I say obviously. I didn't remember what happened in the last episode. <laughs> when we started, I had to ask you because we've been doing episodes out of order. We've been recording out of order because we had some special guests and things, and we had to schedule around them. Yeah. So I'm like, wait, didn't the season end already? Uh, and now we're back at episode nine. But anyway, in the last episode um, was when Elliot kills Mike. Yeah. And spoilers. <laughs> Well, no, it's not a spoiler anymore. For so many reasons, that's very confusing. Why did you choose this episode to start with? Why are you listening to this if you don't like the magicians? Anyway, um, <laughs> do people do that? Do they just like find podcasts that yeah. have nothing to do with anything and listen to them? That's weird. Don't I do that. I tried to listen to Harry Potter and the Sacred Text, and it was yeah, like the seventh episode. Be, but not as someone who doesn't like Harry Potter. That's true. I mean, like, does someone just like, oh, I'm going to spin the wheel of podcasts? Anyway. Question. I'm tired. Um, 
so I was saying, oh, in the beginning of the episode, we, uh, in the recap, we see, you know, a little bit about what happened with Mike in the last episode. And I was thinking about, and we touched upon this a little bit last week, but um, the, like, how scary personally i have never blacked out i have never had a period of memories gone Uh but like i just cannot imagine like i mean i know obviously it happens to folks all the time who drink and things like that or you know other various medical conditions and there are plenty of reasons why you could black out from things um but like I mean, on top of obviously being told that you like did all these horrible things while yeah. you were blacked out, like that's, but just like the idea of like having a chunk of memory or like amnesia or those kinds of things, it's like, again, brains are so weird. Well, like, and the cl- also there's this part of your brain that refused to remember. Mm. Like I have, I can't a, remember anything about middle school. It was that traumatic. My brain is literally like exactly. Nope. <laughs> like I, 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 when I go to therapy, my therapist like asks me things, and I realize there's a lot of things that I forgot, but my memory didn't because I have tr- like I have reaction to it. I have yeah. triggers, but when we try to deep to dig deep where those triggers are, I'm like, oh my god, I forgot about this one event that triggered this and triggered that and triggered this, but you know? But it's like going back to that thing I was talking about, David Park- Parker Ray, about the toy box killer, like that woman was still triggered by all of those things, but literally had zero memories of the things that actually caused the triggers. Have you watched Inception? <sighs> yeah. But that that's that's what Inception is too. Okay, let me tell you something about when I first tried to watch Inception. <laughs> I was dating this guy in, in college. He was the worst. He was a stoner, and he was two years younger than me. So in boy years, that's like five years younger than me. He yeah. was 19, so that's like 15 in yeah. whatever. It's like 15 in boy years. And um, I, and he was like, do you want to watch Inception? I had never seen it before. I was like, yes, I want to watch Inception. And he, like a lot of like teenage boys, think that that means do you want to make out? I'm like, I w- this is a hard movie to pay attention to. No, you stop stop it so he would like keep going in for a kiss and i'd be like did it, did it. this is a very interesting movie leave me alone <laughs> so i listen we have to rewatch com- it was complicated enough and i was pushing off a horny boy that's so fair. that's as much and it was like 10 years ago so i'm so old Ugh. um but yeah i just think i think it's really interesting that we can still be affected by these things that i mean a maybe our brain is sort of like you know like i don't want you to remember that that's traumatic Bah. Or like you just don't even realize something happened sometimes, I mm-hmm. think. And then you're like, like I took me, I um I was in a car accident once. It was like I was okay. I walked out of the car accident. Um, but ever since then, like if I hear a loud noise and I'm not expecting it, or if um uh like if we're in the car, I mean, you know, because you drive me around a lot, like if we're in the car and like stop short all of a sudden, like I, you know, I have a reaction and for a long time, like I wasn't necessarily the car one is a little more obvious, but like, I wasn't necessarily thinking like, oh, I'm falling to the ground and having a panic attack when I hear a loud noise because I was hit by a car. Like I was like, yeah. that's a weird thing that my body is doing. But like sometimes, you know, those connections happen even when we're not aware of them. That's why everyone should have therapy. Mm-hmm. Especially. Spoiler, this actually isn't about the magicians. This is just us tricking you into getting therapy. <laughs> Go get therapy. Well, to be honest, they all need therapy. So that's um, another that's another podcast. Yeah. Uh, also, I like that there's a bit of a flashback of uh, what they did for Charlie's spell. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. But listen, <laughs> the beginning of this episode, I wrote this down because I'm so dumb. <laughs> well, I listen. Okay. In the beginning, well, that's another thing I thought was interesting. Is the beginning of the episode is 
there is Quentin's like, shit, the answer is in that manuscript and I yeah. lost it. And like how losing something is also usually like you forgot where it, what, yeah. where it is. Unless, you know, your douchey roommate stole it in, in which you didn't lose it. Um, but anyway, so like, so Alice goes, what do you do when you lose something? And I say at the TV, retrace your steps. And then they start a spell and I'm like, oh yeah, they're magician. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about the fact that Penny, for a guy that didn't care a lot, it was bored. In in parentheses, that he read the whole thing. He remembered a lot. Okay, but also I love, I absolutely love this like total representation of when you're trying to remember something and then you keep changing the details. You're like, wait, no, it was a pig. Wait, no, it was a ferret. Wait, no, like you know when you're saying a story and you keep going back and yeah. then half the time the details you're trying to figure out don't even fucking matter. Yeah. Like it was Tuesday. No, wait. I think it was Wednesday. It's like, shut up. We don't care. Just yeah. <laughs> but like, I love that. It was so accurate to like when you're trying to remember something. Yeah. But uh, and for that, I had a, a question because um, basically, Penny remember what the, the 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 book was about, and Quentin comes and like explain things like what are the question creature. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering what's the difference between memory and knowledge? Because technically, Quentin's knowledge of the book is him memorizing the book. I mean, my gut reaction without doing any research or looking at anything is I feel like a memory is something you experienced. And okay. knowledge is like something you've acquired. Like I know that two plus two equals four, but I don't remember learning two plus two equals four. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, like, I know that two plus two equals four. Yeah, but it's different because it's a book. It's not something that you learn at school. Yeah, but like, okay, so I know that Harry Potter is a wizard. I don't have a memory of when I learned that Harry Potter was a wizard. That moment that I learned that fact. I do. (laughs) Then that, then, then you have a memory of learning that. But you're oh, not. Okay, yeah. Like you know that. It's like okay, yeah. Ten- yeah the knowledge like, and the information the memory gives you. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. But it's. I feel like it's different. I don't know if anyone else has other feelings or thoughts about that. I yeah, did, tweet at us because honestly, that, that's I that's one that is. Didn't Google it. I just said words out of my face. <laughs> and it's it's funny because the Fillory book are kind of a rewriting of the Chatwin's memories of what happened mm. in Fillory, even if, if Jane said like, no, that's not how it happened. Cause of course, Plover romanticized it. Um, I like that. And it happened in a lot of like biography or real story, how w- what we're reading is in fact a memory. Well, I think it's also interesting because I feel like it's another facet of that. Mem- like, if you ask Jane what happened and you ask Martin what happened and you ask, yeah. like, right, everybody has a different perspective. Sort of like going back to what I was saying about the photograph earlier, everyone could have experienced the same, right? Jane's like, I had some snacks and took a nap. That was a great day. And Martin's like, I was raped. Not a great day. Yeah, or like, oh, I, I, held, I, I went, and, uh, went and helped my brother. And meanwhile, uh, Martin is like, oh, yeah, and I lost the fucking button. <laughs> And that other kid's like, and I was murdered, but nobody cares about that. Poor yeah. George. George and Beatrix, say their names. <laughs> Those cute little chillins. Oh, it's just terrible. Also, happened. I just like, so, I mean, I know, right, that we're focused as, uh, like, this series is focused on this group of kids. But I'm just like, uh, what happened the next day when somebody found that dead, like, 
a tour guide with like well, his the tour fucking... guide wasn't the knowing that like there's murders there i'm sure like there the the like the p- p- people that like take care of the estate estate of plovers just that hide the murders knew that there were murders well he just knew that that place was fucking haunted and that you don't go there at night that's all that we know like his other person could have like someone could have just been like it's haunted or like he could have experienced some spooky stuff and been like oh fuck it really is haunted mm-hmm. uh, you don't go there at night you know what i mean it doesn't necessarily well we he... don't know what they did with the body the ghost i don't think the ghost hit it no no the guys What guys? Oh, they left it there. We have no proof. I don't think they would have moved it. They were not fucking around with that house. They don't give a shit about that guy. That's true. Um, but like also, and then and then like nobody nobody's going into the basement. Like, oh look, look at this dead body that somebody dug up. I, well, I'm sure they put it back. They put back the, the. I don't think they did. I think they do. I don't think they had time for that. Prudence is going to come back. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think I'm like listen. What were the repercussions of all this shit that they did? This is like when superheroes destroy cities. Can we talk like, about yeah. Prudence's name? Hey, dear Prudence. No, but Prudence in French means safety. Oh, with Prudence. Prudence. What's it in English? Again, okay, listen. Listeners, this is very important. Whatever is the normal word in French is the fancy word in English. So Prudence is just safety to be prudent. In English, it's like, oh, I'm being prudent. Like, no one fucking talks like But that. But yeah, and I feel like um, uh, prudence is taking a bit too far a role of, like, safe, yeah, like safeguarding the memory of Plover and the That's legacy. exactly what I wrote down. Yeah, yeah. like, basically, she wants... Uh, and there's a lot of that, and we do that with um, historical heroes. I mean, Lincoln had slaves. Do we talk about that? Don't no. even get me started on goddamn Christopher Columbus. Get the fuck out of exactly. here. Exactly. And we don't talk about those uh, those uh, blankets full of uh, smallpox. Uh, smallpox blankets. Yeah, exactly. Like, But we remember, oh my God, it discovered a world that was uninhabited or something, you know? So I think that this is something Except that we... by the people it was inhabited by. <laughs> That like I feel like this is something that we do a lot is we have this memory this picture perfect of someone's legacy and when it doesn't fit the frame we refuse it and when it's, we refuse to refuse it basically that it shattered everything it's when Quentin understand that oh shit Plover used Fillory as a way to like be a pedophile and he like re- like he didn't refuse it he just accepted it that like his world got shattered. So another thing is sort of going going back to um, when Penny is trying to remember the details of the yeah. book. I thought it was really interesting, like the juxtaposition of Penny not remembering or trying to grasp these memories and Quentin having such a clear knowledge yeah. of like the Fillory books. You know what I mean? Of being like, oh, you mean this? Oh, you mean that? Oh, but this happened in the book and that wasn't, you know what I like? Yeah. Oh, this, I'm, uh, this isn't canon, <laughs> what you're saying, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I thought I thought that was that was interesting. For whatever that's worth. And also, okay, these fucking people have the shortest goddamn memories, okay? It's like like I'm thinking even back to like remember when I was talking about how Quentin were like Quentin's the fillery guy and yeah. then some, and then Penny's like, I have questions about fillery. No, nah, I don't believe you. Like this happens like twice. You know what I mean? I feel like they yeah. have such fucking short memories. Or Penny's like, oh, I'm a traveler. Blah, blah, blah. And then he touches the fucking button and he gets stuck. because. Oh, yeah, but that's his, his ego. But his douchey attitude. It's like you don't remember the last time you used this douchey attitude and it got you somewhere shitty. You- that's, that, that's 
Penny's fault and it's gonna land him like dying basically. But he's gonna be his fucking ego. But I, I think that it's interesting when we don't remember it's like I mean it's the same thing like with wars and with all that kind of shit like when we don't remember our past and we just keep repeating the same mistakes well it's a bit like um what's happening in the U.S. right now with Trump the first thing people said that uh, like historian and politician politologist politologue poli- people that study politics said politologues like, uh, politologue c'est ce que je suis um Polit- politologue it's like a political log. It's like a little log with an American flag. Okay. Um, <laughs> basically, the first thing they said is, let's watch, like, there is a pattern for fascism and for, um, like, um, taking over a country and put it in into a dictatorship. Let's see the patterns that Trump is doing and put red flags. And they have, until then, they have. And I think the the importance of memory is shown and i think yeah. that penny doesn't have that and it's what's gonna bring him to the netherlands yeah. that's in next episode folks spoilers <laughs> i oh also with the ghost loop um sorry this is just like i don't know let's like bring up a lot of like personal anecdotes this episode but the ghost loop just made me think about i mean i think right it's the idea of having to relive your death over and over again is super horrible. Oh yeah. Um, but it made, it made me think about the, the tendency to always remember the bad things that happen to us. And like, I, cat knows, I literally can remember every time I was ever wronged as a child, mm-hmm. like that one time Steven tricked me and not into not being the line leader in the fifth grade. Yeah, I'll you never said it. fucking you, forgive that bitch in another that. episode. Yeah. Steven, I hope you're listening. You're an asshole. I don't even remember his last name. Whatever he sucks. Um, but I, I I love that like the house is haunted. They're seeing children ghosts, and Quentin's reaction is "Huh, a ghost!" Like they're not even phased about it. It's just yeah, it's a thing, <laughs> you know. Okay, but also, how the fuck does Penny know about this and be like, yeah, like it's Sunderland, right? I think it's like yeah, Sunderland, uh, you know, has a degree in like some masters in haunting or whatever. I'm like, Penny, you were never in class and Quentin was always in class. How did you get that knowledge and Quentin did? Because he has a boner for Sunderland. Yeah, but boners don't give you knowledge. All the blood rushes to your boner <laughs> and then you're not learning. So that logic is flawed. <laughs> He's like in a volcano in the middle of class and Quentin, I mean, is there as far as we know. So listen, I call plot hole. I call Quentin daydreaming and Penny having a boner and listening to a, a cute girl. You don't. Listen, people who get boners, please let me know. Can you pay attention when you have a boner? Because I just don't think you can. A metaphorical boner, that's what I meant. Like, he has the heart for the teacher. I know, I'm, te- I'm teasing. I okay. like the idea of him just having a boner in class. Um, Someone write uh, that. Okay. Also, um, the fact that uh, Quentin, when you see, like, he follows George, and George basically leads him to discover what Plover truly, truly is. Um he discovered that through the vision of a grid. Like, we see half of his face Yeah, he's, hidden. like, in a, gr- in a grate. Yeah. Exactly. And it, it's basically, like, um, like he refused to see the truth or, like, the truth, you see through the lies. Mm. And it's, like, unfolding because the moment, like, you realize George is taking out and Quentin, like, see everything. 
And I, I even feel like when that's happening, I sort of see Quentin's like the gears turning, being like, okay, it could not be that. Okay, it could not be that. Okay, it could not be that until it 100% is like he's naked. You know what I mean? Like, even as the clothes are coming out, I feel like, like his brain is like, okay, maybe there's another, like it's trying to find another yeah. solution. That's not that. <laughs> I think it's until uh, George say like, uh, Prudence say my, my brother is not a nasty man or a something. Man a or bad something. man or something like that. And she killed George that, Quentin understand like oh fuck it's like what George show me is true. I even think when like I you see that in his eyes when um when like Martin is like getting full like naked. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like before then he's trying to figure out if there could you be You always want to excuse yeah. your faith. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's true. Um and also like the fact that um there's a lot about Elliot in this episode. Uh, can, can we go there, or you have other things to say? No, no, I'm I'm good to talk. I'm always ready to talk about Elliot. <laughs> but first, uh, Elliot wants to escape his memory by basically uh, thinks he cannot have sex or alcohol. What he does, he he, he, he keeps himself busy and going to like Scooby Doo quest with people that he doesn't know what they want. He's just okay. I'm coming with you. I'll catch up. Whatever. I don't want to think. Yeah, it reminded me a lot about our episode about distraction. Yes, uh, yes. Where it's like I need anything. Literally, I would rather just like go go see some ghosts and maybe die than like yeah think about wallow in my own like self-pity and think and have those memories be like stuck in those memories well that was the other sort of analogy that I made was like like being stuck in the same memories and how we can do that even if we're not ghosts in a ghost loop right like well okay so I'm gonna I'm gonna just pull a Quentin for a minute and make an analogy to another fandom. Um, so I'm, I'm a big Deep Space Nine, Star Trek Deep Space Nine fan. And in the first episode, which I forced you to watch with me once, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you remember, but like, okay, so I'm trying to think about the most concise way to explain this without it mattering too much. Um, so the main character, uh, the captain, Benjamin Sisko, um, is sort of like talking with these, these like entities and they're trying to sort of figure out what kind of person he is. And so they're, he's showing, they're seeing sort of flashes from his past. And one of those is when his wife dies. It happens in like the first 10 minutes. I didn't spoil anything. Um, and one of those memories is when his wife dies and, and they keep asking him, why do you exist here? Like, why do you exist here? Like he's stuck in that memory. Yeah. Of his well, life dying. It, yeah. And so I think that like, and I think that that's what's happening to Elliot right now. Like he's yeah. stuck in that memory. And he just, like, can't, you know, he needs to just, he's, like, at the point where he just needs to distract himself. Like, he can't get out of it. Well, I think depression and panic attacks is a lot of that. Uh, Like, you know, knowing me, that sometime I'm stuck on something and you have to shake me out of it. Like, I will be stuck on, like, something happened. Okay, something happened on Christmas. I had a fight with my dad. And you had to tell me, like, Christmas is in ruin because of that one fight. Stop thinking about it. I still think about it and it makes me sad, but like, I'm trying to work it out to be like, no, I don't want to get stuck, you know, but it creeps on you. The cake was still good. Yeah. The cake was really good. Mm. Um, But also like we, we are seeing Elliot's coldness as like, oh, he's a broken baby. And, but it is what saved them. It is what saved Alice and, and him because Alice like sleeps. And then when she wakes up, she panics. And Elliot is like, okay, I need to get out of here, take Alice, leave. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he, he is in a 
Like, this is fucking creepy. Like, he's so, like, detached of his emotion. And yeah. honestly, he needed that. Because yeah. we saw what ha- happened to Alice at the end. Yeah, wasn't great. No, and I think, like, the coldness, without that, they would have been stuck there. And Prudence might have killed them. And, like, also, in a way, a little bit of a sadistic way, I'm glad somebody finally called Alice out on her fucking ego. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't. I see. I don't think it's about her ego. I think it's like she want to help the kids, and Elliot know that there are there are trauma that are unfixable. But I also just feel like it is like she is egotistical. I think that she thinks she, she is, can but do. I, think, I like, think that she thinks she can do anything, and I don't necessarily think that is a bad thing by itself. But it like fucking kills her eventually. I know, but I think like why Elliot snapped. Is not about Alice. Is about. Oh, no, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying I'm glad somebody finally. Oh yeah, yeah, like that. she needed that. Whether or not. Yeah, yeah. Was... So she totally yeah. needed that, and yes, that's what's killer. But I think like when he got that mean, Elliot was triggered by his own trauma, and he know what it is to relive it and relive it and relive it. And Alice saying like, no, there's a, a, a spell for that. Elliot is like, no, there fucking isn't. Otherwise, I wouldn't mm. be broken. Oh, I didn't think about it like that. Like, well, yeah, I think that is. Like, he will tell that to Margot in episode 13, uh, that he tried magic, and magic didn't fix him. So maybe, like, him being a king will be the the, the things yeah. that's going to help him. But at this moment, I think Elliot is just fucking mad that even magic brought him so down. Yeah. You know? And yeah. we can, can even see that, that kind of cold rage when uh, Quentin explained that uh, Plover is a pedophile, and he was like, he, he asked her, what was he doing? And he would like gritted teeth. Yeah. Like, we don't know what happened to Elliot uh, pre break bills. A lot of people have been thinking of he must have been abused in some way. See, uh, that, that's interesting because I read it differently. <laughs> oh, go ahead. I read it as like, God damn it, not another pedophile giving queer people a bad name by <laughs> doing stuff to a boy. <laughs> like, that's immediately where I went. Um, because I, as a trans person, you know, you hear that, like, bullshit about, like, m- cis men are going to be pretending to be women to sneak into the bathroom. Like, no, if they're going to sneak into the bathroom, they're just going to do it. Shut up. Yeah. Um, but, like, I read an art- article recently, actually, about this uh whatever, it doesn't matter, but somebody who was a murder suspect um, allegedly, like, transitioning to be able, who's, like, a pedophile. And I was like, no, you can't do that, because right now, we can say no one's ever done that, and you can't take that statistic away from us. Um, <laughs> but, like, I don't know, that's immediately where my brain uh, see, For, for me, like, it, it, it seems that it has him, like, being like, oh, no, not again. I've, I've had my dose of trauma, and then after that, he's, right after that, he snapped to Alice. That's true. He could have been triggered by that, totally. Like, and we don't know like, like that that's totally me speculating, yeah. but, like, we know Elliot didn't have a nice childhood. Yeah. So, um, he's so broken. Anyway, so the other thing, talk, speaking of Elliot, another thing, I mean, that's kind of an obvious thing, but I think is important to mention is, obviously, the way that, uh, I mean, Elliot has a relationship with alcohol throughout the entire, mm-hmm. you know, series, but the idea of, like, Definitely, I feel like right now he's drinking to forget. Yes. Uh, as opposed to other times where, you know, he's drinking because he's partying or he's like right now. Because he's is, cool. Yeah. It's very clear that like. 
you know. Oh yeah, no, this is not saying he's not making himself a nice cocktail to enjoy the flavor combinations. He's just drinking out of a fucking bottomless flask because he doesn't want to feel anything. <laughs> well, it, it is true because before we saw him do fancy, uh, fancy mix, and this like even when mm-hmm. he, he was with uh, Raymond, Raphael, DTMJ guy. TMJ guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> well, he, 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 he's, oh, he's drinking like straight alcohol with, with, with ice, but it's not like a fancy yeah. drink, which we are used of Elliot. Well, I think, and I, I would like to, the only other time I remember, I only remember this because I cosplayed this outfit and I noticed it was there, but I'm curious also to see what other times um, Elliot has his flask. Cause the only time I can think of is welters. Um, but I wonder if there's a correlation about when Elliot has his flask and like what's going on for him. Mm-hmm. Like if it's like a stressful thing or if he's dealing with some emotion, like I'm, you've seen the episodes 27 times. You go back and give me those stats. Yeah. Honestly, I'm, I'm curious too. And I'm going to look into it. Because I make I wonder, a gift set out of it. Probably. I, I wonder <laughs> if there's a connection. Like when I sort of made the connection, when I noticed that like when Quentin sits like hugging his knees, yeah. It's always like in a really high anxiety yeah. moment for Quentin, and he's like trying to like ball up and like, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but I, yeah, I wonder if there's a connection to that because I, I definitely think that there's a shift. Oh yeah. In his relationship with alcohol in this episode, oh, and I mean, yeah. late and later on, obviously with drugs and things like that too. And, yeah, but this is the beginning of his fall. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, but can we blame him? He's from the middle of nowhere. That's all there is to do there besides have sex, and he couldn't do that. Yep. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to think. The other, um, well, actually, while we're talking about, well, I was mentioning Quentin and anxiety and things. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about, I mean, that, that could be any moment with Quentin. Um, but when he talks about, like you were alluding to before, he talked about a little bit when he discloses to Alice that, like, he was, um, I think he says he was hospitalized for the first time when At he 16, was yeah. 16. Yeah. And when he went into that, you know, into that depression and, uh, I just, I think that it's, you know, it's really, it can be really difficult to like share those kinds of memories that are hard and very personal. Like even Alice didn't know that. And yeah. it's her, her, his, his, it's his girlfriend. Hey, she's her, her own girlfriend. It's pronouns are hard. Woman. Okay. Don't laugh. Pronouns are hard. Let's abolish them. <laughs> but also, uh, what, something else with Quentin and Alice is when like uh, Elliot just snapped at Alice and Alice is like what the fuck and Quentin is fucking mad at Elliot um, yeah. he call her Vix he say oh come on Vix yeah. and it's a way to like bring her back her memory back of like break Bill South and their connection to each other and like hey I'm here I'm gonna take care of you and bring sure. her home so I think like by using this nickname that you say I never heard him calling like that because honestly he, I think he do this like twice or that's it in the in the show in the book is a bit more but it's a way for him to remember like hey I'm here and I love you you know the only reason I even notice it is because we watch with subtitles because I find that helpful and then you see all kinds of weird shit or even like uh in dramatic music in the <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> funny. or it'll be my favorite I was watching a different show um because I, I wish this was in this show but the description was scatting awkwardly <laughs> and I was just like this is the best thing I've ever I seen. think that described Quentin so well he doesn't scat 
I don't um, know what it means. Scat is like when you're like, <laughs> but I was like scatting awkwardly. I was like, yeah, I mean, accurate. Um, but the other thing that I was going to say is like, it'll, um, sometimes there are things that you can't really hear, mm-hmm. but there are technically words being said. Like when the ghosts were talking from behind a door, like we just, as the viewers hear like, <sighs> but like they're actually saying shit. And I was like, yeah. oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Maybe if you had headphones on, you could hear it mm-hmm. Some sometimes, but sometimes there are things that like, or like you'll hear people people in the background say stuff they'll like caption it and you're like oh yeah who knew um it's fun i have two other notes before we go to julia Mm -hmm. Uh, my first one is museum are just a big place with memory my my (laughs) just retracted into my neck (laughs) (laughs) but that the plover house is just one big fucking memory of what plover was and like it's like a snapshot a picture that we see and pictures, what are they? They're also memories that we froze. But I wonder, like, that's creepy. Um, but I wonder, like, I don't know, this is a little bit like, if a tree is in a forest and it falls, does it make a sound? Like, As Dear Evan Oh, now I got the dance stuck in my head. <laughs> but, like, is it a memory if you didn't experience it? Like, if it's someone else's... Like, okay, like, I'm thinking about... (laughs) I was helping someone uh, go through some photos of theirs, and they found this picture, and they were like, I don't fucking know who this child is. Who is this child? Yeah, They literally put it on Facebook, and they're like, whose baby is this? Yeah, but also, like... like, Is it still a memory, then, if you can't remember? We look at at, a picture of um, the concentration camps. But it's not a memory. We see memories of the war. It's the memory of an event. We don't say that in English. Oh, we say that in French. No, it's like we... the memory, pictures and museum capture the memory of what was. We would say the history. But is, what, like is, history what is history, is history if it's not remembering and memory? But it's not memories. It's, a, it's like years of, you know, it's like a compilation of, it's a secondhand account. It's never, you know what I mean? Like, if, if I'm talking to somebody who was in a war and they're telling me about their memories of the war, then I'm like, those are memories you have of the war. Mm-hmm. If I'm reading a textbook, I'm like, okay, that's like, you know, this person's account of this that went through this editor and is, you know, the deci- like, and you know what I mean? Like the things we're not, we're learning in school are not fucking accurate. And now it's time for the ad. My character is playing. She is a hedge witch from South Carolina. My character is Quincy Flynn. He's a magician. Esphere Nikonova or Fifi, and she is a hedge witch who is an illegal immigrant from Russia. Sid. Sid is a human who is super queer and great. They do stuff. Maybe take them back to the safe house, Fifi. Take them back. Take break bills, kids, back to the safe house. I've had several bad trips that have ended in me magically being supported to a, teleported to a Starbucks. And well, I mean, how do I know I'm not just tripping? Lane, throw a box with an accuracy spell and I set the box on fire so that it hit the lines. Yeah, because a flaming lion is a lion. Yes, 
That's what solves all of our problems, having it be on fire. Find our edwitches and magicians at Further Than Fillery, a tabletop role-playing game based on the sci-fi's hit, The Magician. To be sure not to miss one episode, follow us on iTunes, Spotify, and any other platform you listen to your podcast. Mm, another one. <laughs> These guys are going in the garden. <laughs> So I just wanted to say we had to pause for a minute and um, I've been switching a lot between using my iPad and my computer. I use my iPad a lot more and I just touched on the icon on my computer and was like, <laughs> why isn't it opening? Because <laughs> it's a computer set. That's why. Technology is hard. Yes. First world problems. Um, so we are back. Let's go to Julia. I know you didn't have a lot to say, but yeah, I, I, I really just had had kind of one thing to say mm-hmm. that had to do with Kira. Um, just uh, that's bury or gays. What the trope bury or gay? Bury or gay? It's a TV trope. It's every gay person is die. Well, I thought okay. I thought you said the show Bury Our Gaze. I was like, what show is that? <laughs> sounds like the a most problematic show it ever. Sounds like a gay soap opera, like Days of Our Lives, Bury Our Gaze. I think the drag, like RuPaul's Drag Race, will do that. But it's, it's like G A Y Z E, like a gaze, like <laughs> eyes, except everyone's gay. Yeah. Listen, listen, somebody write it. I don't even need the credit. I just want to watch it. Yeah. But like, anyway. Um, so, yeah, maybe we shouldn't have killed a queer person of color. <laughs> but, um, yeah, maybe we don't do that. But I thought it was interesting that she, I'm sorry, someone make a drinking game about how many times I say interesting. Um, a lot. But how, so many. Uh but how Kira is like living in that memory and like what memory she chooses to live in. Um, And it's sort of the juxtaposition of right. Like Kira is choosing to live in a happy memory and like not torture herself versus someone like Elliot, who is like living in a terrible memory right now. Well, in fact, he's not living in a terrible memory. He does everything to numb his memory. Well, because his default right now is living in that memory. If he or he's afraid it would be if he didn't distract himself or numb it. You know what I mean? I think that Kira might have been at Elliot's place one time and now like she asked she asked at the end she asked Julia to die. And I think that's because she made peace with herself. But like yeah. at the beginning, when like she got um paralyzed, I don't think it was she was in a happy place either. Oh, yeah, I think, I think that's because not. she made peace with like Wait, where and what she was now, you know? Where, where are the Kira fan fictions? I want to learn more about Kira. Um, also, I, I wrote that, does living in your memory make you, you or your, you become the ghost of yourself? Because we say the children of our ghosts because they are in, in embodied, but they're still within the same memory over and over and over and over. Kira technically is the same thing. She just has a, a physical form. But she's not stuck in the same memory. She can choose to go to other memories or to think about other things. She can create new knowledge. Mm-hmm. So she's not really stuck. I mean, she's yes, she's limited, right? But like, she can go anywhere her mind wants to. She's not like reliving her death over and over. I feel like it's yeah. different. But in a way, like yeah, I think that probably 
she does feel sort of like a ghost of herself, which is why she probably doesn't want to, I mean, I don't, obviously, I, I, I don't know that, yeah. why she doesn't want to live anymore, but I would imagine that. And maybe like uh, Elliot is the ghost of himself because of that. Like he become yeah. a ghost of who he was because he's stuck in reliving how he killed Mike. Yeah. Well, I, I think that if you're in a situation where you're not really being in touch you know, you're like numbing your senses or, you know, doing things in order to distract yourself or numb your senses. You're not really, I mean, that's taking away parts of you too. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, you know, yeah, but I um, think it's true. I never really thought about the fact that I don't know if you were think. I mean, you use this, but like there is an expression like being a ghost of yourself. Yeah. That's where I come from. Yeah. 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 But I think it's interesting because I never really, connected it with well especially in this context right there are literal ghosts in this episode yeah. and sort of like paralleling like the ghosts being trapped and like when you're trapped well sort of like what we were talking about earlier when you feel like you're being, you're trapped in a memory exactly it's almost the same yeah well that's really interesting it's like being trapped physically and mentally basically excuse me it's fascinating <laughs> it's titillating i'm gonna uh, use titillating for and also on. i like that um the first thing we see julia she say to richard now, Richard says to her, everything is in white or black, mm-hmm. everything is gray, and Julia is like, no, that's bullshit, that's how I feel, blah, 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 Julia. while wearing gray the whole episode. <laughs> ah. Just want to say that. <laughs> ah. <laughs> and also, I love how, um, basically, um, Kira show. Julia, how to use meta magic to do good. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, we see Plover that use meta magic and learn how to grow a, a sixth finger to do magic better. And that's how to do meta magic to do bad. And I like the contrast of like how the same thing or the same memory, like we were saying, can be used differently. Also, I never. Well, okay, I'm going to comment on that first. Um... Yeah, I always, you know me, I love a good juxtaposition. Well, that's how I thought, oh gosh, I'm trying to think what episode it was. Well, I guess, yeah, I guess I was talking about, I feel like there's a, a Draco Harry thing going on with, with Julia and Quentin, for sure, where it's like, we have two yeah. people on the two different paths that they, like, if they had been flip-flopped. Oh, yeah. It, like, I feel like they would have sort of gone down, you know, similar paths. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think... But there's definitely something, something to that. But what I was thinking about when you were talking about, you know, the six fingers and all that is like, we learn uh, when, oh God, I always forget her name. The one who slept with Mayakovsky. What's her name? Emily. Oh, because oh, it's like a basic white girl name. Um, <laughs> well, okay. I, so it, Emily, it is. Come on. Um, that was like when you couldn't remember one no of No offense to all the Emily that listens. Are you white though? Are you basic? Mm. No, I'm. I'm kidding. You're probably great. Um, but that was like when I couldn't remember. You were like, "Oh, I can't remember one of the royals' names," and I don't fucking know anything about them. And I was like, "Is it Harry?" And it totally was. I was just like, "I'm just gonna pick a basic British name." British name, yeah. One hundred percent was Harry. Um, so right here, her, her, her last name is Green Street, though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I know her last name. I just don't know her first name. Emily. That Green Street girl. Um. I have no idea where I was going. So now I, I got so sidetracked. That's just that position. Mm, oh, fingers. It's about fingers. Uh, 
<laughs> it's about finger. <laughs> so right when we when they sit down, uh, when Margot and Alice sit down with Emily, and they're learning about what happened to her, right? We learned that like magic that alters your body is like mm-hmm. crazy hard, not Super recommended, dangerous. right? And I'm like, how did Martin? Because in order to like do some of the crazier magic, he would have first had to do the grow on another finger magic. Yeah. How did he do that without fucking shit up? Well, that's part of how, like, Martin was, is a powerful magician. He just became powerfuler. I, I mean, like, Alice could grow herself another finger, I'm sure. That's just more money to spend on nail polish. Don't do it. Yeah. But I think, like, if you're enough good of a magician, you could do it. And um, Jane and him are, or you could have, have gone to um, a questing beast or see like an, a wizard oh, in, in Loria or like there are other uh, power, powerful creature in Pillory. So that's once he's true. there, and that's something that uh, Quentin said is in one of the latest episodes, in Pillory, there's always a way, mm. you know? Our bunnies right now is digging our couch, and I have no idea. <laughs> it's a good slogan, though. Yeah. We should have put that on our travel ad. In Philly, uh, there's always a way. <laughs> um, but yeah, and there's also the fact that um, in the... The whole episode is really dark when we go on Quentin's and company's sad, side. But with Julia and Kira, despite it being super dark as a subject, they're so bright and full of color and everything is like super vibrant because she lived in that happy memory. Meanwhile, they're living into that like darkest memory of those children's death, you know? So I like like the the, the difference, like our bluntly difference they are. which brings me to that question. Why does Richard encourage Julia to murder someone? Yeah, I actually was thinking about, like, his intentions in this episode. Like, it, does he just want that information so badly that he's convinced himself that it's morally okay? Does he... Okay, I'm okay with suicide, assisted suicide, to yeah. be honest. Like, if something legal in Quebec, I'm all for it. What? Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, wait. What? So, like, if you, you can, were if, if, if you, you were dying and you were like, Seth, kill me, I could kill you. And you can ask the, the basically you can ask the <laughs> hospital to kill you and they will overdose you. But what if you're like that and you're a vegetable? You can uh, r- write it in your will. Oh, beforehand. Okay, okay. That's good to know. And like, uh, so also like your partner I can't just, just I can't just murder you and then be like, she had told me. No, 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 no. It, 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 there's a legal die. way. There's okay. a legal way, but I, I like I'm all for if the person want to die and there is no, there's nothing but death coming and yeah, like they're like ready to. Like, I'm all for that. Better. It's just that Julia said no because she like she uh, just saw. Hannah died. Yeah. And and Rich no, and we know he, that Richard can go. Why too doesn't far. he do it? 
Exactly. And also he like makes it about redemption. He's like, you need to kill her to redeem yourself. It's a little culty. It's weird. Yeah. And, and that's agree. the thing. Like we know Richard goes too far in some of the things. So this part I'm really icky about. Yeah. I don't, I, I have to agree in general. I like Richard. I think that here maybe he wants his son back so badly that he is convincing himself that some things are okay. That maybe are not, you know, when we're like, we're like, Ugh, and justifies the means, but that still doesn't explain why he forces Julia to do it. I'm also unclear about why emotionally manipulating her by saying that it's like redemption. Yeah, because like, okay, you want you wanted Julia to see that magic can do good things, like going in someone paralyzed mind and find this spell that is amazing. But go knowing that after that the person will ask you to kill her, is it okay? I'm trying to think of teacher, teacher Seth is like, okay, what's the lesson here? Right. And I mean, I think that. I, I think that, yeah, like not everything is black and white and sometimes the hard choice is the right choice and blah, blah, blah. But like, I, I'm trying to think of, is he doing this on purpose for later? Is there something that happens later that is like this? Like, I can't really think about another time. I, I, I just feel really manipulative of him yeah. to do that. And but oh, like, we, like we saw him take the, take the... Take the man. So maybe he did the act of killing her, but Julia had to be okay oh, with well, it. Oh, well, I guess he did because Julia was in her head. Yeah, and she said, like, okay, Richard and I just did it. Do yeah, you want me yeah. to be next to you? But it's just like, I. She's I like have... complicit in doing it. Exactly. Yeah. And like complex. I said, like, it was Kira's wish and it's okay. I'm okay with that. It's more, it's more, why did Richard use that as, oh, you're going to save your soul? Yeah, it's weird. It's a bit murdery, if you want. I don't that. remember that part of the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> I and mean, but there are some, you know, there are there is actually a book entitled The Other Bible. That's all of the um, the scriptures that whoever, whatever white men were sitting around and decided what was going to be in the Bible. It's the stuff they decided not to put in it. So maybe it's in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I believe Adam and Eve had a lesbian daughter. Oh, good to know. But um, yeah, and uh, that's what I had. I also had something about Akira talking about meta magic and Plover having magic in plain sight of everyone. There's a link to be made there. Like um, no other magician has ever visited yeah. that house and been like Popper. <laughs> what like, you doing there? Uh, like there's the basic, but the like there are books there that are so advanced that like not everyone knows. Like just Penny knew about them because he's yeah. a traveler. Also, does that mean that Martin is a traveler now? Also, how did... Is the library involved? How did he get those books? Former Breakbill student, library, like... Hmm. I don't feel like he ordered them on Amazon. Maybe he did. I don't know. Well, we, we know that... we know did that did exist and it was like those weird dancing people? No, but we know that Rupert goes after the war. Rupert oh, goes oh, to Breakbill. He does. So you can ask Lance about plovers and stuff like ploppers and stuff like that. Yeah, and then they make out, and then plopper. the other. You said, you said plovers, and then you said ploppers. Yeah, blah 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 blah. You can ask about <laughs> spellbooks. I wish it was plopper. Yeah, you could ask about spellbooks, but at this point in time, he's not there. Yeah, so I'm I'm curious how. I mean, there are multiple ways, but I. I mean, look, library could be involved. I'm just saying. Honestly, the, like... Uh, they got the sticky fingers and everything. Yeah. Ah. 
you can't they, see me, they I'm have wiggling. Santa. Wiggling. Santa. <laughs> okay, that's a, was a spoiler for season four. Um. <laughs> uh, so this has nothing to do with the uh, theme, but I just really liked this quote that um, that Kira said was, "If the world goes after you, take yeah. it as a compliment." I was like, yeah. Ooh, "Unless you're Hitler, if the world's going but, after uh, you." Also, like how they said, and, uh, she said, "Like if you're smart, they're gonna come after you," because it's true. Yeah, well, like we don't like smart women. Nope. Who will make our sandwiches? Ah. <laughs> um, and now it is time for the vase and the flower. Oh shit! I always forget about this. So the vase and the flowers, we have an update on that, guys. <laughs> Maybe my grandma made it up. <laughs> I still like the fact that for a while we may have just convinced a bunch of people that it was like I'm still a gonna historical do fact. But I'm, yeah, we can't actually find anything about it, so I really hope that. And like my linguistic cool. friend, she learned like she's doing research right now for us, but like she never heard of, of that. And like for me, it's like yeah, my grandma always said that. I think <laughs> your grandma's a dirty liar. Hey, don't say that about my grandma. <laughs> Sorry, but, uh, cat's grandma. What she told me is, in the ye olde time, people will throw a flower to someone that they to a, a a piece of theater that they like. But if they didn't like it, they would throw the vase. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's what we do with a character of the show. Um, because, I really hope it's true. Yeah, me too. Anyway, I feel like I, I, feel like I know where the vase is headed today. <laughs> so where? Uh, go ahead then. Oh, promptly for Christopher Plover's fucking head. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I like if I could break it in half and throw the other half at Prudence, I would too. Or if like they were just in close vicinity of her, each other, and I could the adult and plover estate. because uh, just like uh, as someone who takes care of children for a living, that ultimate betrayal of like the trust that children have for their guardians and like betraying that trust and like the fucking emotional manipulation that he does um when he like may essentially and you see like he essentially got prudence to drug jane yeah. they have like a eye contact moment of like a nod you know um and so she's like they were implicit in this yeah like he knew and i don't doubt that he knew that those kids were killed either yeah. um because he knew if, if he knew that she was poisoning, you know, she was dosing people, he probably knew, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so anyway, or at least he was probably suspicious if he wasn't totally yeah. complicit in that. But anyway, so in, in the moment where, um, where Jane is sort of asleep on the chair, I freaking can't get over the fact that she's in the room when this is happening. It skeeves the shit out of me. Yeah. Um, and and Martin's like, I don't want to do this. And he's like, mm, but like, I took you to the movies and I bought your sister a dress. Yeah, you had to explain to me like how oh, manipulative that was because I was like, okay, but what's the link with him being naked? Because <laughs> like, I'm a I'm a summer child and I didn't understand. Sweet <laughs> summer child. Sweet summer child. But like, it's just this, ugh, this like, gross, gross manipulation of children and also yeah. not risk no means no ah! i mean besides the fact that it's like pedophilia and a child like that's all right but just like so much is happening in this and also with this guise of being like this sweet old man who's taking care of these kids and the fact that like he's being remembered as this sweet old man no fuck that get out yeah. of here vase vase to the head and also fuck you prudence don't drug children 
Don't rape children. Don't drug children. Just love them. Yeah. And if you don't love them, don't have children. Don't take care of children. Stay as far away from children as possible. It's like I love when you have a teacher and the teacher walks in and they're like, I hate kids. And I'm like, this is not the line of work for you, ma'am. <laughs> don't. If you take anything from this rant, please don't be around children if you don't like them. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Um, I should I give my bachelor rose to? I want to give my rose to Kira mm-hmm. because I just, I don't know, in a way, like, I don't feel like she gave up by like, you know, I feel like sometimes like, right, suicide or like that kind of like, no, she was ready to die. She was like, I'm ready to move on. Like I've given everything that I can give. And I actually think that takes a tremendous amount of strength to not be like, well, and Julia is even like, well, what if there's a cure tomorrow? You know what I mean? And like, she's like, listen, I'm being realistic about this. I'm a scientist, right? Like I'm okay. Like this is the thing that I needed to finish. And, like, I'm okay to just be, like, all right, I'm ready. And I, I think that that just takes, like, so much um, just, like, no, I mean, be I guess sitting with yourself for a year is a way to mm-hmm. get there. But just, like, yeah, I don't know. That just, to me, is really tremendous. And I applaud that. And also, she's just cute. And I love her. And I wish we didn't kill her the first time we saw her. I agree. But she was two minorities at once. So what can you do? <laughs> That's what you get in the entertainment industry. Yeah. Though they're better now. At least in the magician. <laughs> Where's Gaze of Our Lives or Bury Our Gaze or whatever show? I need that. <laughs> gaze of Our Lives. I want that. Um, for me, I'm going to give my rose... I was to give it to Kira, so I'm going to give it to someone ha. else. <laughs> going to give it to Quentin mm-hmm. that accepted that his hero was flawed. Mm, he didn't try to make excuses. Exactly, that he didn't excuse a bit of like people. Yeah. He, he was just, oh my God, this is terrible, and I believe the children, like I believe what I'm seeing, and they didn't try to like defend him because that's what you do with heroes. Yeah. I know I do it, and, and I try to ignore, like, tweets that are problematic of J.K. Rowling mm-hmm. or stuff like that. And I think acknowledging that you might love something and still have problems with it is such a mature act, and yeah. we don't give enough prop for Quentin. Like, we, we want <laughs> him and everyone to accept the truth already, but, like, for someone that like Quentin that, like, this book saved his life... Like you were saying about the the memory of your father, like how he tinted that memory. Now yeah. he's gonna look at those books, and we know that as, as, till then, like Philadelphia was this wonderful place, and now it's gonna be that imperfect yeah. thing which Philly is. Uh, so let's go, Quentin. I love you, and you need a hug. Let's go, Quentin. And I'm let's gonna go. give my um, <clears throat> my phase phase to richer to be morally ambiguous with Julia uh, like I say I don't I don't care that he killed Kira that was her wish but that he put pulled Julia and like yeah. utilize her for that I 
Yeah, and like he, that he wasn't upfront about it to begin with. Yeah, either. and the, the fact that he was using it as a redemption. When honestly, I'm sure if it would just say, "Hey, would you do that for with me?" She would have. Yeah, I just it, it reminds me a lot of like cult behavior. Yeah, and like like this is really he knows that this is the only place she has to go right now, and she knows that too. And so, uh, yeah, I think that it's really shitty of him to do that. Yeah. So, um, maybe yeah. he should just get possessed by a god. <laughs> so, uh, well, that was it for the episode, I think. Yeah. 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 I'm going to see what our bunny is about. What is our bunny about? Where is he, though? I almost said Quentin. Oh my god. Winston? <laughs> Quentin, what are you doing? Oh my god, second bunny's called Quentin. We're not having another bunny. No, but you have two bunnies, then you have 70. And this was Philorian United. We want to thank Harry Potter and the Sacred Text as well as Spirit Podcast for being mentors and inspiration for this podcast. We also want to thank all the patrons that we have. Without you, we couldn't make the show, especially people like the lovely Elliot that is one of our main contributors. Uh, if you want to follow us, uh, you can go on Tumblr, Twitter, uh, Facebook. We all have handles for that. There will be in the show notes. Uh, please review us on iTunes. That is how people can find us. And um, yeah, that's about it. Honestly, this was a heavy show. So go get some cocoa or chocolate or wine, whatever you need. But yeah, thank you for listening. And we hope to hear about you on the social media. Bye. We know Elliot didn't have a nice childhood. Yeah. So, um... He's so broken. Put some blue band-aid on it. <laughs> Hello Kitty band-aid. I have okay. one. I'll mail it. I'll mail it to hell. Um that would be so with, but like <laughs> with no, 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 no return address, no context, no letter, just a Hello Kitty band-aid. <laughs> Probably like also 10 years old and doesn't even work anymore. Um